Hi, my name is Jonas from Denier Accounting. In this podcast, I'll try and share a little insight on how to choose what type of company that you want to incorporate if you want to start a business in Denmark. Naturally, there's like many, many choices to make. Um, the biggest one is if you want to run a business where you're liable yourself or if you want to place that liability in a structure, what we call a limited liability company. So in Denmark, the easiest company to incorporate is what we call a sole proprietorship. In Danish, that's the one you see called Enkelmannsvirksomhed. And the thing with these companies is that you are more or less the company. So it also means that you're also liable for everything that might happen during the lifetime of the business. It could be if you end up in a lawsuit or if you fail to pay your bills for some reason, then any supplier that you might owe money or it could be a client that that files a lawsuit against you, if you would lose that lawsuit and you would end up having to pay that person some money, then you would be liable yourself with all your private money. If you Think about worst case scenarios. It could be if you have a family, you have a nice house, etc. Well, then in theory, you could be in a situation where you would need to sell your house in order to pay some obligation that, that you either required through a lawsuit or yeah, or whatever happened. So, so having a small company, a sole proprietorship is in many ways easy, but you have to understand that there is also a risk related to having that. The best idea, as I see it, is to try look a little on your company, what do you actually do? I mean, do you run a business where you have big risks? Let's say you're doing some some articles and you do that for friends or family or people you know really well, then probably you're not going to end up in any big lawsuits. And since your costs, I assume, would be limited to buying maybe a computer, paper, pen, etc., then your cost will also be quite limited. So your risk overall will also be limited. If you would scale up your company, let's say you would hire some people, let's say you hire two or three full-time employees, then all of a sudden you would have a liability towards them. It could be in terms of salaries, for instance, but it could also be if something went wrong. Um, Let's say you have some big clients uh, with big contracts. Uh, Let's say that you would sell for whatever, one million Danish kroner per month, and maybe you would like source it out to somebody else and pay them 900,000, for instance. Then maybe you're your margin would not be that good, like your profit would not be a million, it would be much less. But in terms of the client, you would actually have provided a service worth one million. So, so that would be quite a big uh, liability, if you ask me. So a lot of these things that can happen towards the clients, you can write your way out of in a contract. So you could basically, when the client wants to to cooperate with you, then you could hand him a contract where you write your way out of most of your liability. It's not possible to sign a contract with a client where your liability is zero. It doesn't really work like that in in, in reality. So you would always need to put in some kind of liability. It could be an amount or a percentage of of the contract, but but you need to put some liability into the contract. How much it is, there's really no uh, clear answer on that. I would suggest either that you look at some of your competition, maybe look at what they have in their contracts, or maybe call a lawyer and, and, and take a meeting with a lawyer and, and ask what they think, just so you have a, a second opinion on it. So let's say you're in a situation where there is not that much liability. 
and maybe you're new, maybe you're starting your first company, so you also don't have a lot of money in the bank, then I would personally go for a, a small company, a sole proprietorship, for the simple reason that it's very easy to start. You can basically register it in a few days, so it's very easy to start. There is not really any cost related to it. It's free to register. Um, you might need to pay for some auditor or whatever to help you out, but if you can read online and, and you can find the website, then you can do it for free. So easy, it's quick, it's cheap, and it doesn't take any any requirements in terms of having any equity. You don't need to deposit any money in the bank account like you need to do with most of the limited liability companies. So it's a really easy way to get started. Another big benefit is that if you start up, let's say it's your first business, then of course some people, they make a revenue from the beginning, but let's face it, most of us like have one or two or three years, maybe even more, where we have a deficit. And if you have a sole proprietorship, that deficit is going to be a deficit that you can offset in other incomes. Let's say you have a job in the beginning. Let's say you have six months. Maybe you're working full-time in an office and you're starting your business on the side. Then the deficit that you produce in your own company, you can use that as a tax deduction in the salary that you're acquiring from your paid job as an employee. And that naturally will benefit you a lot in, in the year you start the business because you're going to get a tax refund. If you compare that to a limited liability company, it's very different because in a limited liability company, even if there is a deficit, that deficit is isolated in the limited entity. So you can't really use that deficit for anything. And when you come at the end of the month and, and put forward your hand and ask for a salary because you need to pay your private bills, of course, then the limited liability company would need to make a payslip for you. And once that payslip is made, the company would also need to withhold taxes and pay that taxes to the government. So let's imagine that you have a deficit and you also need a salary because you have bills to pay. Then not only you lost the money on the deficit, but you will also need to pay taxes on the salary that you pay yourself. So you can probably imagine that the cash flow will be really bad in the beginning, right? If you have a limited liability company. So if you're sitting like starting up and you're thinking, you know, what should I pick? Should I pick a sole proprietorship, a small one-man company, or should I go for a limited? Then a big issue is also how much money do you have? Because if you don't have much money, then there is really not that many choices. Um, I would definitely look for the small company myself, the sole proprietorship. And then I would also have to look a little on the clients again. I mean, what's my liability? There is, a, there is a chance to make a limited liability company quite cheap in terms of equity capital. Um, but you still have to keep in mind that if there is a deficit, you still have to weigh those things against each other. In Denmark, the limited liability companies that we make is either an IVS or an APS. That's the two typical ones. There's also a larger form called an AS, but it's not. I'm, I'm not going to spend time on it in this recording because not that many people... Uh, start making an AS, you need to have like half a million in, in equity and, and yeah, not many people have that. So in reality, it's IVSs or APSs. So that's just like compare these two to the, to the small sole proprietorship. So the thing is that, like I said, you have to look at liability. Are there any liability in the work you do? 
Look at your clients. Look, look at worst case scenarios. One is if you have a disagreement with a client. Maybe you do some bad work. They end up losing some money. So you have to ask yourself, can you write your way out of the liability in a contract and get the client to sign that? If you can that, then of course the liability will be limited, right? But you need to make sure that that contract also will hold if you end up in court. So you would need to get some professional help for that, either by a lawyer or if you have a friend that's knowledgeable in that area. But, but get some help for it to make sure that you, that you have some documentation if you should end up in a, in a court case one day. So liability was one thing that you can write your way out of most of the times. So that's not necessarily a reason to pick a limited liability company. The second thing was the deficit. Are you going to have a deficit in the beginning and how big is it going to be? If you run this business in Denmark, then the tax is more or less like we'd normally would say 35-45%, but as a good thumb rule, we can say, let's just say 50%, because it's much easier to uh, calculate with. So imagine that you have a deficit the first year of 100,000 Danish kroner. And let's imagine that you have a job next to running your business. You're employed somewhere in an office, and you make, let's say, 200,000 Danish kroner in salary. So in that case, you have 200,000 in salary, and you, you lost 100,000 in your own business as a deficit because of all these startup costs you had. You had to buy a lot of things in the beginning. When you calculate your tax in the end of the year, then you would have a salary of 200,000 Danish kroner. And from that amount, you could actually offset the deficit from your own company. Meaning that when the tax office would calculate your income, your income would be the 200,000 minus the 100,000. So you would only have to pay tax on 100,000 kroner. If the tax is around 50%, then naturally the tax would be 50,000. So that way you can actually make use of the deficit and have the tax office repay you half of the deficit. And that helps a lot when we talk cash flow, if you're just yourself and you don't have a lot of money in the bank. So if you expect a big deficit, if you're low on cash, looking at a small company is a really good idea. If you can write your way out of the liability naturally, right? So let's imagine that you, you can write your way out of the liability. Let's imagine that you don't expect to have a huge deficit. Maybe you already have some clients and you can already see that from day one you're going to have a break even or maybe you're going to make money from day one. Then I would argue that you should definitely go and look at the limited liability companies. If you have a lot of money in the bank, and with a lot of money I mean 50,000 Danish kroner, then look for the APS. The APS is, is like an old institution, you could say. I mean, it's a type of limited liability company that has been around for ages, right? Everybody knows it. Everybody feels safe if they see a company name that's an APS. But it needs 50,000 in equity capital when you start the business. So if you have that type of money in the bank, then make an APS. Because when you speak with people, you know, you go out and meet other companies, they feel safe when they see something they know. And an APS, everybody knows. If you want to look at an IVS, an IVS is really good if you want to have the limited liability and if you don't have 50,000 in the bank. Because you can start an IVS having like one Danish kroner. It's less than one euro, right? So everybody can find that kind of money. So if you're out of money but you need a limited liability company, 
for instance, if you don't expect to have a huge deficit and you want the limited liability from the beginning, then make an IVS. It's cheap to start. I mean, you can go online, you can try and Google it yourself, like establish IVS. You can find so many companies that do it for around, I think the average price now is around 600, 700 kroner. So it's super cheap, right? It's not anything that, that should keep you from making a limited liability company. The difference between an IVS and an APS is one, the capital requirement. You can start it with one kroner. I wouldn't recommend you to do that, and I'll explain why in a second. But an IVS, you can start with very low equity capital. You do need to know that there is an obligatory saving of 25% of your revenue every year. So if you start with one kroner and you have a revenue after the first year, then you have to save up 25% of your revenue. And you have to do that for as long time as it takes for you to have 50,000 kroner in reserve in the IBS. The same second you have 50,000 in reserve, then you don't need to, to save up this money anymore in the company. You can also choose if you want at that time to transfer the IBS to an APS. But you don't have to do that, but you can. Um, so that's like the, the main differences. The rules that regulate the IBS and the APSs are the same. There's not really any difference. Um, what I wanted to talk about was this thing with the one kroner. I mean, why shouldn't you just use one kroner because it's so cheap? The reason for that is that if you have an IVS or an APS, there is a rule that states that if you use more than 50% of the equity, then you need to call the shareholders, which would be yourself. You need to call a meeting with the shareholders and you need to sit down and put forth a plan on how you will how you expect to re-establish the equity again. I mean, that could be through earnings, right? But it's just a formality. And for me, it's like stupid that you start a company on day one and then you spend that one kroner on a buying a pen or a piece of paper in a bookstore. And then already then you need to call in a shareholder meeting to discuss how you want to re-establish that one kroner again. That's for me a little waste of time. So it would be better just to look at what cost do you have in the first one or two weeks of the business. It could be auditor, lawyer, etc. And look at that cost and then just multiply that with two. And that should be the equity that you establish the IBS with. For the APS, normally it's not an issue. I mean, not many people go out and spend 50% of the 50,000 in the first few weeks because you can naturally start to make money also and then very soon your profit will start paying for all these bills. So, so that's like the main differences on, on these two types. So yeah, so just to sum it up again, uh, liability is a big issue. Look at do you have any liability? Look at if you can write your way out of the liability in a contract. Remember that you can never write your way 100% out of liability. You always need to have some liability when you do something for a client. It doesn't have to be a lot, but put something in it, a thousand euro or whatever, depending on how big a contract you have, of course. The other thing was deficit. Think about the deficit, because if you have the deficit isolated in a limited liability company, you are not going to be able to use the deficit to offset in your personal income. If you have a small company, a sole proprietorship, you can use the deficit to offset in any other income you might have so that you will end up, when the year is done, the year is finished, you will end up receiving a tax refund from the tax office, which equals 
percent or something like that of your deficit and that helps a lot if you're just a small company and you don't have that much money on the bank. The last thing was the equity capital requirements. The IBS in theory you can start with one kroner. The APS you need around 50,000 kroner. Since the rules are the same for the IBS and the APS, if you have money in the bank and you are not short on cash, then I suggest that you start with an APS from the beginning because people know that the APS, the IBS is pretty new. They've been around for, for some years now and uh, they're accepted and everything. I mean, it's a legal entity, but still an APS just looks better. You, you probably know how clients are sometimes. They prefer things they know. So that was kind of what I wanted to, uh, to talk about. Uh, you can read more about these different types of companies on our website. Uh, we also, uh, in the download section, put some templates on if you want to establish a new business, be that either an APS, an IBS, or a sole proprietorship. So you'll find more information on our website. So that was all I wanted to share with you. Thanks for listening. Bye.